Uh, first of all, I would like to thank just all of you for your support during a very difficult period of time. We're looking forward to getting a pastor. And I'm sure you think about it every once in a while, just like I do. And is this thing ever going to happen? Are we ever going to get one? Well, the wheels do run slowly and uh, And I've often thought, you know what? Wouldn't it be something if we find out one day when we all get to heaven, we're sitting around and we ask the Lord about, you know, that time when we didn't have a pastor? He says, well, about that time, you know, uh, we need to let you decide who you are. Uh, you needed some time to figure out uh, just what kind of church are you and what you're doing. What we're doing, we're being the church. We're stepping up. I, I want to thank uh, Josh and Steve for their sharing the pulpit. And uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to Josh a whole lot about this, but Steve and I would talk about it. Uh, he said, man, that's, that, that turns into work. Uh, and, uh, you know, when I was a pastor, I mean, you know that those Sundays rolled around just once a week. They were they were just coming, and, and I wasn't always as prepared as I wanted to be, and at times or at least felt that way. And uh, anyway, I'm, all I'm saying is these, these fellows have, have uh, stepped up and are stepping out of their comfort zone so that they could be available to be used with God. Oh, I'm sure they're a little curious, thinking, about, hey, what's it like to be up there preaching to the people? And we've all thought about something that we would like to have been a preacher and share with the folks and so on. And, and, uh, and uh, I thought that, boy, you know, I could really hammer it at home. But when we really do it, it's another story. But behind the scenes, there have been so many that are doing so many things. And I thank you all. You've done well. Let's keep doing that. Let's keep working together. You know, there's one insight I can share with you. I did share with the Sunday school class. I'm going to share with you. Uh, something that I know you don't. And it's this. We all look for the pastor that's coming in. We've got our agendas to what he needs to be or she, whichever the case may be. You never know. Whatever God has in mind. But we, we have some things that we want that preacher to be. Now, what the point? That pastor's coming in. He's looking over a church. And he says, is this the church I want to come to? <laughs> and uh, for that reason, we want to be at our best as well. We want to be the church that every pastor wants to come and be the pastor of. And if we can have that positive uh, and looking forward to the best in mind, that is going to help the whole lot. This morning I would like to share with you what the Lord laid on my heart and spoke to me about. And uh, I have a feeling that You'll appreciate it. 
the message as well. It, it has to do with the fact that we are elected. Did you know that? You were elected. Now, that word election has a lot of different connotations. And maybe I can share with you just a, a few scenarios of what, uh, uh, what I'm talking about. Let's say uh, you're working for a firm and uh, you missed the last meeting of your group. And uh, now you show up only to learn that because you missed, you have been elected to be the chair of a committee that, that has a responsibility list that goes way beyond anything that you ever uh, really wanted. And, uh, and you're stuck with it because uh, you were elected. Another uh, scenario. You went to a PTA meeting with your kids, and uh, or at least for your kids. And uh, when you got there, your friends were there. And because the president has resigned, they elect you to be the president of the PTA for the coming year, the last thing in the world that you wanted. But here it is. Uh, you're 10 years old. And uh, you uh, are out playing with the neighborhood kids. And they're getting ready to play some baseball. And they start with two people choosing who's going to be on the team. And you're the last one chosen. And chosen only because they couldn't just let you stand there. They had to put you on at 18. So you have been elected. Uh, here's one that crossed my mind. You're a teenager just having finished high school. It's in the 50s or 60s, long time ago. And you received some mail from the president. It's greetings. You have been elected to join the armed services and uh, all of the fellows I knew at that time, that was not something we looked forward to. It was a fearful thing for us. And yet, uh, I think some of you that can remember those days of the draft uh, that was a scary time. Well, election has a lot of different connotations as so many words in the English language. Uh, but there's a, even another election I'd like to talk about. And uh, it uh, comes from the words that Peter wrote to a group of Christians in the Asia Minor area, which was really the world at that time for the Christian faith. That's where the gospel had gone in great numbers and many, many people were accepting Christ. And uh, Peter is writing a letter to those folks in that area. And we find it in 
1 Peter, starting right at chapter 1, with just the first two verses, where it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Uh, he, he didn't like to say those words. Uh, since, <laughs> since nobody really knows how to say it, that sounds good if you just say it like you, you know what it is. Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. And again, just a little later, he comes back using that word, uh, elect, chosen, chosen by God. In uh, the second chapter, verses 9 and 10, he says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Wow. What? This is Peter, who, uh, as you'll recall, uh, knew something about being selected. He was one of those that uh, was just paying attention to his business. He was a fisherman. He was just doing his thing. And somebody came along and said, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, and he responded to that. There were times when he said things like, Lord, depart from me. Just leave me out of this picture. I'm not worthy to even be here. And yet, the beckoning call was still there, calling him. Paul agrees with Peter about that selection thing that we want to talk about. When he says in 2 Thessalonians 13, he says... But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers loved by the Lord, because from the beginning God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit and through belief in the truth. Well, what are we talking about? You and I were chosen and elected to be a part of God from the beginning. Think with me for a moment. What does that mean? That means before he even created the world, apparently, he knew your name and mine and the whole world. You know, it's one thing to say, y'all, you know, that good old southern uh, 
word that is used, meaning all-inclusive. That's a great word, and we like it, and it means a lot, and we're glad to be a part of that crowd most of the time. But you know, there's something that takes us to another level when the Lord says, I want all the way over to Wendy back there. And he named every last one in the crowd. That's what he did. He named us one at a time. It wasn't an afterthought that he planned the, the whole plan of salvation. So because we fell, something needed to be done if he was going to help us at all. No, 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 no. He had all that planned before it ever started. He knew your name, knew you well. Way back, even in the beginning. It blows my mind. I can't, I can't process that. But all I know is that we're that special together. I'm here today to encourage you in your faith. I'll just tell you right up front. That's what I'm trying to do today. And we hope that when we're done, you're going to feel a little bit more connected and a little more excited and a little bit more thankful for what God has done for you. And it was because of his infinite love for you and me that he included every person who's ever been created or will be. He had a plan for all of us to be a part of his heaven. There is room in heaven for every last one of us. Not going to be overcrowded. And it's not like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do all these people? No, 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 no. He has a place for all of us. But he not only just designed for us to be up with him in heaven, he planned for you and I to not just be servants of God, but to be sons and daughters. And what the difference is about that? We're not just on the payroll. We're not just having to serve because we have to. We're not there just because we're an addition and an outsider that happens to be there doing the work, so to speak, as what a servant would do. He has us planned to be a part of this intimate relational experience. That's what he has planned for us. Well, we all know, and no need to go into great depth about it, but sin separated us from God's kingdom. You know what sin really is? Well, it's lying. <laughs> 
somebody might say, yes. But that, it, it really isn't that. It's why you did it. It has to do with something more basic than that. When we really look at it, sin is basically our declaration of independence from God. It's like saying, God, I know who you are. You're up there, and here's what you want me to do. But I really want to do this. I would like to be in charge of my life. When God created us, he created us with the power and the ability and the authority to make that decision as to whom we would serve. Really, sin is we choose our own way and we want to be our own king of our and queen of our own kingdom. That's what sin basically is. And all of the acts that come out of that are us being away from God. Well, we chose to walk away from God by our sin. The reason we don't think of it that way is that we were born into it and nobody had to teach us how to sin. We learned that for time. That was part of our nature from the very beginning. The Bible tells us that. Our experience confirms that. That you take a little two-year-old, you don't have to teach them to lie. <laughs> they know how to be deceitful. It is just a part of the nature of fallen beings. People who have lived the life of being separated from God. We see all around about us the results of that. Sin is death. Boys and dying is all that's around us. And we're only kidding ourselves if we hide our head in the sand and say, it isn't going to happen to me. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. And it'll come quicker than we think. It just does. You see, death is the result of being separated from God. Why? Because he is life. And he has life. He gives life. And if we want to be separated from God, we can't expect that we're going to have the blessings of God so that we can run our kingdom with his benefit. It doesn't work that way. When we live in our own kingdom, we're going to go through all of our assets, and the end result is we lose it. Money. There are a lot of people in this world that money and what money can buy, or at least what they think money can buy, is what keeps them going. But the problem is, with that, there comes a time when even the money isn't even theirs. In fact, when we leave this world, you know what you're going to go with? That's what you came into the world with. Nothing. 
There's nothing that you can lay up for yourself in this natural world that has any lasting uh, ability at all. In fact, people's lives are in shambles all around about us. They thought they knew better than God's plan, only to find that they're in desperate straits because of that. Well, there is an answer. We need to be united with Christ, to be born again and to surrender our right to our kingdom. And we need to realize that the provision of God, because he foreordained us, elected us from the very beginning to be into his family, if we made that decision, no, 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 when we made the decision to pull away from God, since all of us are sinners, then we have somebody that's going to fix it for us. And that fixing is our restoration into the family of God again. And Jesus Christ provided all of that, as you well know, when he died on the cross. He paid all of the expenses for our sins so that we could be free from them all. We don't have any way that we could make payment to God in order to earn anything connecting to God. We just lay it all down and let Jesus Christ pay the penalty for us. And what is it that we give to God? He gives us all of that? Well, the great, wonderful thing is that he gives us his peace. And he gives us the eternal life that we seek. Did you know the Holy Spirit has been chasing you? I, I'm, I'm, I know that most of you can relate with what I'm going to say. From my earliest years, I can remember there was a voice that spoke inside my heart. I can't explain it. I don't know how in the world it worked. But there's no question in my mind that there was someone who was saying, Floyd, my, that you can be better than this. Don't do that. You're better than that. You were designed to be better than this. Even as a small child, I can remember those times when I was consciously aware that that voice was speaking. He's been telling you that he has chosen you to be in Christ's kingdom even when you were a child. And you can remember back, can't you? Some of those experiences when you knew that the voice of God was speaking to you and down through your life. He has been so faithful to reach out to us. We didn't go looking for God. God came looking for us. The Holy Spirit, one of his responsibilities, if you please, is to reach out and to speak to the hearts of people and to reprove them of their, their sin and to bring them to 
face it and accept that there is somebody that can change that for them. He sought us before we even knew anything about him. Since we were elected way back to be a part of God's kingdom, the Holy Spirit comes to do everything that God can do to give us the opportunity to choose him. That's about the only thing that you and I can do is finally just say, okay, God, I, you're the one I want. And I want to live for you, and I'm going to give you everything I got. <laughs> I want you, oh God, in my life, and I'm willing to do whatever you say. That's what he is looking for so that we can make use and experience all the wonderful things that he has in store for us. None of us deserve this life. We just need to accept it and so that we can be thankful and responsive to the affirmative to follow through. Well, how, how do we do all of this? What, what's the connection? Well, uh, what I'm going to say is not something you don't know. Most of you, you, you know it, and you know it well. We need to be born again into his kingdom. We were supposed to be in his kingdom. That's his election for us. We have the opportunity to be a part of that, not because just God is so good and he just kind of, okay, go on then. No, no. He really created us to be a part of it. He elected us to, but we need to be responsive on our side of the word that you heard. That is the covenant. There is a covenant relational experience that is necessary. And that's what we're talking about, born again. It's a covenant where we say, I come to the end of myself. I am no longer going to be king of Floyd's kingdom. Floyd didn't do very well with it when he had it. He messed it up pretty royal. And uh, I see some of your faces. You're, you're thinking, hey, it wasn't just Floyd that did that. Well, we've all done that. But we come to that point, we say, I am surrendering my right to say no to you, God. I am surrendering my right to stand up and be separated from you. I want to be a part of the fulfillment of what you intended all along, and that's for me to be a part of the kingdom. Well, Peter goes on to say in this, and, and this is what he had in mind all along. Uh, you wouldn't think a fisherman could think this deep into the spiritual things, but he had got, had it all pretty well figured out. And, and he said that uh, when we surrender to God and we become a part of this uh, wonderful kingdom of God, we become a royal priesthood. Now, that wouldn't mean a whole lot to uh, some, uh, but to a Jew, that really meant a whole lot. Now, for, for 
people he was sending to, many of them were Jews that were scattered all through this area. So he was speaking to Jews, but he also was speaking to Gentiles who didn't understand too much about this idea of priesthood, but uh, probably he was hoping that they'd ask some questions or find out what that meant. But it meant to be a part of God's uh, wonderful uh, kingdom of serving the faith to others. That's what the priest did. Stood in the place and was a a, a tool or a, um, a person who was the one administering the grace of God to the people. And that's what he was saying, that we were to be and would become. Why? Because if we're a part of God's kingdom and that's where we're supposed to be, we could be a representative of God because we become God's spokesman for that moment in reaching out to people and sharing the faith with those around about us. Not only that, but a holy nation. We are a great nation. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when all the Christians get together in heaven and we all begin to sing the praises of God? Oh man, it's going to just tingle us from all the tip of our fingers to the tips of our toes. It's, it's going to lift us. It's going to be an exciting experience. That great host of people that all have the same heart and the same purpose for being there and a great nation we become one together in the Lord just celebrating together the goodness of God and what he has been to us a people who belong to God there isn't going to be in heaven those that are opposed to God it isn't going to be like America, where there's a whole lot of people that all you do is say, I believe in Jesus. Shut up, sit down. We don't want any religion. There are people that are anti-faith, anti-Christian, and we recognize that. That's what our nation is. This nation is going to be totally different. Everybody's going to be on board. It's going to be a wonderful time. It's going to be people praising God. You know, I'd struggled with that for a long time. I thought, you know, this idea of people praising God, what? Even God's, he, he's got to have his strokes. We got to stroke God once in a while. We got to pump him up and make, make him feel good by telling him how good he is. Uh, that, that was, I, I just knew that can't be right. Uh, and I'm, I struggle with trying to figure out what it was all about. One day the Lord just said, you know, Floyd, why don't you just read the early part of Genesis? The answer to your question is there. And God created this, 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 and that. And he rested. And he did that seven days, or six days, on the seventh day. He looked at it and he said, that is good. That is good. What he did was celebrate what was accomplished. He had accomplished 
Is that being egotistical? That's enjoying his handiwork. You do that. You create things and you look at it and you say, you know, that's not bad. Uh, you may not have reached the point where you say that's good. Some of you have. Some of you do. Beautiful things. And, and uh, I mean, outstanding things. And of course, very good. But it's celebrating the positive things of life. And life has exciting things taking place. That's what real life is. Not dull, sitting in... I, I used to think, I don't want to be in heaven. We have to sit in church all the time. That's what it is, sitting in the church. Uh, it sounds like you pray, you know, we're all praising God. That meant we're in church. And, and boy, I was always glad when the preacher finally said amen. Um, some of you thought that I should have said amen lots of times when I was pastor here, too, a little earlier. But anyway, uh, the point is that there's some exciting things that happen in heaven. We don't know what they all are. Probably our minds could never really conceive what it is anyway. But it's going to be a great thing. We don't have to wait to get to heaven for that to happen. It can happen right here. And it does happen right here. And we're going to, we're going to create the atmosphere so God's Holy Spirit can come and make it happen right here among us. People who receive God's mercy... We never want to forget what God has done for us. After all the years we've walked with the Lord and we've had a great, wonderful time, don't ever forget where you were at one time. We never want to forget that. Not that we want to dwell on the past, but we want to recognize and remember and bring to mind the mercy of God. Oh, what a merciful God we really have. Um, we're a people with abundant, eternal life. When we've been there ten thousand years, you know the song. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Can you tell me when the end of eternity is? I always thought there needed to be an end for things. But not this one. The life that the Lord has given us will go on forever and forever and forever. And I can't understand it. Maybe you can explain it to me sometime. Well, wonderful thing to add to all of this is that we have people who are side by sides. We're the losers if we don't get to know one another well enough to be there to support each other and to help us through all of the struggles that we have and to share with us the joys of the blessings of God. I mean... Do you have a friend that's close enough to you that you can just say, you know, I'm just feeling so good today. God's been so good, and I just got to share it with somebody. So you're it today. And you tell them 
how God is blessing and helping you. Well, that may not be the day that your friend is having, but he can begin to enjoy and rejoice with you for your blessing. And it won't be long until he gets to feeling better himself, and you're going to lift your brother when you share with him, or sister as the case may be. My point is, side by side, we have the opportunity. And by the way, we have uh, some programs in our church that are just starting with this idea of side by side. Get to know your fellow Christian so you can share with them. You can help them and they can help you. And we all can work together and become better people because we are one and one in spirit and so on, side by side. But that's only one of the, the companionships. There's another companionship, and that is the companion with power to spare. That is Jesus. Just how well do you really know Jesus? Do you walk with him? Do you talk to him every day? And when you talk to him, how do you talk to him? As somebody that's way out there? Or do you talk to him as if he is right here? A lot of it has to do with our own concept of what we are thinking. We, we need to get our thinking around the idea that our Lord wants to be right with us that's why you've heard it said we need to have a quiet time with the Lord every day we need to have a time when we can just be with Jesus with side by side as well as our side by side with friends all of this is a part of this wonderful thing that he was telling us about this election People who are, who have each other to lean on and to be leaned on. What, what I'd like to do is have you join with me. I, since I, you gave me the opportunity to come and share, let me just share you my heart burden. Let's just do this. Let's just keep it real simple. Let's not make this complicated. Here's my pledge. Would you join with me as you think with me as, as I share with you? Lord, I want to walk with you sometime every day until I, I sense your presence. Even if I can only sense it by my faith. Lord, I don't feel your faith. Is there anybody here that has had the experience I've had? There have been times I tried to pray and I thought, whoops, our prayer didn't hit the ceiling and bounce right back. It didn't go anywhere. So I shoot it out, often saying it a little louder if I'm alone. Uh, but feeling, and, and I just don't have a feeling that God is there. Finally, I have to come to a place and say, God, I don't feel your presence. And all I can do is just decide based on my faith that you are where you said you would be. And that's right beside me. So, Lord, you're right here. 
Don't be afraid that you're here. And I'm going to trust that to be the case. And Lord, you know, I need some help today. And uh, that oneness with the Lord. And to find somebody that you can share a walk with. A friend. That, and I'm not talking about sharing the deep, dark secrets of your life and all of that sort of thing. Uh, even though that may happen. But what I'm talking about is, hey, would you would you be there and pray for me when, when I have a hard time? And let me pray for you when you're having a hard time. And just regularly, once a week or whatever your agreement would be to have that friend that you can share that with. With the Lord, don't, don't let a day go by without doing but with others, maybe that's not impossible to do it to every day, but you can do it at least once a day. Somebody that you are going to reach out to, give them the opportunity to reach out to you as well. Does that sound good? How many of you say, okay, Floyd, I'll join with you in that. Okay, some of you are ready to vote. Okay, thank you. You've, you've been elected. <laughs> you've been elected. And let's just do that as we share together what God has, is going to be doing for us. One day, we're going to look back and say, you remember way back when we didn't have a pastor? And we were struggling. We didn't know what we were going to do. Or, and, and God was there. God brought us through. We're going to see how God did those things for us. Sometimes we have to get beyond it to look back to see it. But we often walk by faith, and we're doing it now. And uh, and I would just challenge you to join with me this coming week. Let's just make it the specialist week we can. We're going to praise God. We're going to thank God. We're going to just do everything we can to be on board with God. He's the king. We're the servant that we we see ourselves as servants, he sees us as sons and daughters. And in a sense, uh, we can't be too uh, too quick to just take that for granted. We need to always remember that uh, uh, this is his world. This he he is the king. We can't match his wisdom. We can't match his power. We can't match his love. All we can do. Is just submit and be Would you pray for me? Lord, how grateful we are. How grateful we are for a fellow like Peter who could see this kind of concept and speak to the people, new Christians, older Christians, churches that were scattered all around, and speak to them about the election of God, that they were all apart, even from the beginning, in God's infinite plan of love for us. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to, to hold on, be faithful, and to live by our faith, and as we let the Holy Spirit guide us and become who you want us to be, and we will give you the praise for we 
pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you.